You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Okay, thank you so much for joining me today. We're not going to use your name because you don't want to, and that is perfectly understandable to me because I feel like if the roles were switched, I would not be using my name. <laughs> so, um, I, But I so appreciate you being willing to come on our show. Tell me a little bit about your unique life situation. Okay, so I am a stay-at-home mom. I've got a four, almost five-year-old and a two-year-old. My husband and I are about to celebrate 12 years of marriage. And my husband, thank you, thank you. The people on the Facebook page might recognize me as the one who's married to someone who's super neat and tidy. Mm -hmm. Um, I married the opposite of myself. And so that's been really interesting. Um, Then, but good overall, net good. Um, And then my home is we we moved around to lots of different places for the first seven years of our marriage um, because we were doing he was doing internships and things like that. And so I actually lived with three other normal couples three different times. And so I got to see like firsthand like people actually live this way. Like they don't just emergency clean. Um, so that was really fascinating. And I grew up, my mom was, she's a kindred spirit. So that was really eye opening first, my husband. And then these other people are like, Oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. We just moved in a year ago to our, could be our last home, like the home that will be in forever, which is crazy. So that's a real mental adjustment after having moved so much, I'm sure. Yes. Well, it was just wonderful. (laughs) And and we're still, we bought one that was big enough where we could grow in it. So I'm kind of in this fantasy world where my stuff fits, but I know it's not going to last. So anyways, yeah. You know what to do, right? About that? Yes. Okay. What do you do? (laughs) Oh, containers concept. Yes. Just one in, one out as new stuff comes in and kids grow in phases and yeah. Yeah. My container isn't full yet, which is crazy, but it's exciting. I I'll be one in and one outing, you know, have another kid and then it will be, it'll be time. So, well, and having extra space is a good thing. You know, we've talked about that in the group quite a bit of, you know, people who it's a realization when you've always had so much shoved into a too small space to get to a point where you realize, Oh, I don't actually have to fill every space. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That's an adjustment for sure. And it's better. Yes. Like it's worth. Well, there, you, and I think for me, that realization was realizing that my family needed room to function. Like that, that was a legitimate use of space was being able to 
walk in, walk out, get what I need without bumping into stuff (laughs) because we were so used to bumping into things, you know? Yes. Okay. Well, tell me what has, what strategy has been working well for you? Actually, so there's theoretical, I have a strategy that theoretically should work for me, but uh, the most thing I'm actually doing is probably is the dishes, doing them regularly and not having it be a project. So is that something you observed when you lived with normal people? Yes. I, I actually, (laughs) one time the person where I I'm very socially motivated. So Mm -hmm. I was able to like keep my clutter to the space that we had in the, when we were sharing these homes with these people. And so, um, one time though, I didn't wash a dish and I didn't want to until later. And the person, it was his home and he's like, Oh, I'll just wash it. And I was like, no, I want, I don't want you to have to wash my dishes. I will do it. And he's like, it's not a big deal. Like I do this every day. Dishes are, you know, he didn't, he wasn't in project mode, but I totally didn't get it. I was like, I was annoyed. Cause I was like, why doesn't he just let me do my dish later and not have, he doesn't have to do it anyway. So that was like a big, I look back and I'm like, Oh, that's cause it wasn't a big deal. When you do dishes all the time, it's not a big deal to just do it. Even if it's somebody else's just one dish, it's not. But for me, that was a big deal to like, because it, because that's not how your brain worked. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That so, I, I find that really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Was, and I imagine, I mean, I don't think any of them, that's part of why I need to be anonymous. Cause I don't think any of them knew the real, <laughs> I was able to hide it. <laughs> um, my real slob self. So anyways. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, having lived with people, I think that sometimes can be part of the frustration when you, Okay. I'm just speaking for myself here. One of the big shocks to me was that having my own space wasn't more of a motivator. It was less of a motivator. Like I thought it would be, Mm. I was, I was like, okay, well I was able to function. I was able to keep my mess just to my one little space when I lived with people. So, you know, when I, when the whole house is mine, then I'll really be able, and it, kind of works the opposite of that. And it was like, that's how it's for me. It's the opposite. Yeah. And I would get really frustrated with myself because I was like, okay, was I only, of course my roommates listening were probably like, Dana, you were still messy, but, (laughs) and I was, (laughs) but it's like, oh y'all, it could have been so much worse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. I'm just doing a little self-analysis there, but, um, okay. So tell me another strategy that has had a really big impact on your home. Take it there right now. Okay. It's big. And the five, I've been doing the five minute pickup more lately. And that's, it's just amazing. Like I was afraid that I would be picking up all the time for it to feel like it was making a difference. And even when I just do a little bit of picking up, like it still makes a big, it'd be, it, instead of it looking like a tornado went through the room, it looks like a little splash of toys instead of like a ginormous, <laughs> it doesn't get right. to the over like just everywhere toy is there's the different I recognize the incremental more than incremental change well and I think too that when you when you have done that so that it's it's less mess it's less overwhelming which means you're more likely to be like you know what I'm gonna pick up the living room and finish it and not even call it a five minute pickup you know because yes it's just not that huge huge mess yeah the five minute pickup is magical really 
Let's talk about one of this week's sponsors, BetterHelp. So in last week's episode, I talked about the reality of emotional exhaustion and how it affects our decluttering efforts. I've heard from several people who said that they cried as they considered their own emotional exhaustion. Y'all, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better. Get some tools to help with motivation, depression, anxiety, battling your temper, stress, dealing with insecurity in relationships or at work or whatever you need. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and a Slob Comes Clean listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash clean. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash clean. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. Okay. So tell me what you want to talk about. What? Oh, so we've been in this house for a year. Mm-hmm. And so I have a year of like hard water stains on my toilet. Like the, I have not gotten myself to do the weekly cleaning tasks. Mm-hmm. And so I'm now in the point where it's like catch up. It's like the dishes math where it's like so much harder to get it to a good spot. And so I'm just like, it's a project. Like my shower is my shower and one of my toilets specifically. It's a project to, um, I like don't even want to mess with it because it's so overwhelming to, to try to get it to a good, because I found when you're in a place where it's already cl- like you have a clean slate and then mm-hmm. you try to clean, it's just easier versus a dish that's been sitting out for months and months or whatever, you know? So right. like, I feel like my shower and my toilet are like a dish that's been sitting out for months and months. And I don't even, I'm afraid of like hurting them as I try to clean it, like of doing permanent damage. Okay. What have you tried or are you paralyzed (laughs) and not trying? Have I just thought about it? You're anonymous. And so you can tell us the whole complete truth. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty much paralyzed. I'm pretty much paralyzed. One of them, the shower. Well, okay. For the shower. I have a squeegee thing and I do the squeegeeing faithfully on the door faithfully on the the whole because it's okay. So our house is a little bit fancy and it has like fancy travertine tile that like you, it's like so intimidating to me because it's, it kind of like a granite countertop, how you have to have like the granite spray. Like I feel like these showers have to have like a special thing and then it has like mold around the bottom edges growing in the um the caulking around okay. the bottom and I don't want that to like get out explode into a problem. Yes. So okay did that Let's, answer your question? It does. Now it also makes me go, I am not about to like tell you how to clean travertine because I have no idea. <laughs> but what I totally understand is that paralysis. Okay. Like that Oh my word. But I want you to think about what you just said to me about the five minute pickup that you were worried you were going to have to pick up all day, every day, if Mm. you took on this habit, right? 
And that sounds very similar to what you're saying here about the shower of, I'm so worried it's going to be a humongous big deal. Cause like you just told me that, but then also looking in your notes that you had in your form that you filled out, you were like worried that you're going to have to get on a ladder and you're worried that you're going to, you know, all the different little parts because it's fancy and has different, you know, so it sounds like it's that fear of what it's going to be like. So the, the thing I would tell you is don't be scared to do what you, like, what did you find about out about Travertine when you first moved in? When you thought everything was going to be different this time, what did you learn about caring for Travertine? I learned that you have to avoid acidic things. Okay. And there are people who clean it, like who specialize in cleaning it. Okay. Are there certain things that you can't, like certain cleaners specifically for Travertine? Um, I'm assuming. I bought some and I tried it. I think... I don't know. I mean, you've talked about it before, like cleaning showers. Like I still, I think just showers in general, even without the travertine issue, the issue of like, it doesn't make sense in my brain that you have to clean showers. Yes. No, I, I get what you're saying. Like it, it we shouldn't have to. And it's consistently, <laughs> I know it's consistently a joke. Like I'm pretty sure there's a joke in friends about it. I know recently I was rewatching an episode of New Girl, and there was also a joke about it, strangely, always from men, you know, where I always tell people, I'm like, sometimes I feel like I have a man's cleaning brain, you know, <laughs> but it's like, it, it, we shouldn't have to clean it. And yet the reality is it's been a year and it starts to get gross and you're like, oh, I do have to clean it. Like, yeah. So what, what gets on? It's just like soap scum. Just there's, there's soap scum. There's body residue skin Mm. cells. Let's just be disgusting. Um, I need that to motivate. Yeah. I mean like it's, yeah, that's tough. Okay. We, we get it. But I think for you, what I'm hearing mostly is your mental block that you have. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the number one thing I would do is use the product that you already bought. Yeah. Okay. And I know it sounds like, oh, wait, do I have to have somebody tell me to do that? But it's okay because I, I get where you're coming from. I, I, like I get this, this hang up, but it's been a year. You have this product. Most likely that product is not expired yet because it's only been a year. True. Use that product and do a give yourself permission to try one spot. Okay. Mm. To say, okay, just like a five minute pickup, I am going to spend five minutes spraying this stuff or putting this stuff on whatever it is that it, you know, following the exact directions because you're paranoid about the travertine, which is just one more thing on top of this hang up that you already have about why should I have to clean my shower? Cause why is cleaning a shower a thing? Right. Yeah. So you take that and you go, I am just going to take five minutes and see what happens when I spray this stuff on either the dirtiest part of the shower or the least dirty part of the shower. You know, pick one of those things, either it's this spot up here that mm, isn't quite as bad as the, the floor. I'm going to spray that. I'm going to do exactly what the directions say, and I'm going to see what kind of a difference it makes. And 
just see, take a before and an after picture and then get mm-hmm. yourself motivated, you know, open the windows. If it says to open the windows, all those different things. Um, if it says to use a certain kind of tool, get on Amazon and order that kind of tool right now so that it's coming mm-hmm. tomorrow or the next day. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think yeah. it sounds like a middle hangup plus a paralysis over doing the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I think doing, giving yourself permission to do something poorly and minimally is really important in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. I like that minimally part. I hadn't thought of. Just as an experiment. Yeah. Yes. Because, you know, you, you mentioned something about there are people who like professionally clean travertine, mm-hmm. which to me means that maybe you've looked into that, mm-hmm. which to me means that maybe you're thinking it's just that daunting that you might have to hire somebody to come do it. And the thing is, if you clean a little spot and that makes absolutely no difference, then you know, at that point, maybe I do have to have somebody come in and clean it. But as long as you're paralyzed, it's really hard to move forward and do anything, even the big thing. So let's talk about toilets because um, this is just proof to my teenagers that what I talk about for a living is super boring. Like who would want to talk about toilets? <laughs> but here we go. Let's talk about toilet <laughs> because I mean, that's a stressor point for a lot of Well, I mean, moms talk about toilets. We talk about cleaning toilets, right? So, I mean, it's just a fact of life. Here's the thing. What have you used to clean your toilet in the past? I get the, I have the Clorox wand thing with the thing that attaches and then you can like just spit it out into the trash so you don't have to touch, like you just connect it. And Um, how has that worked? So it doesn't touch. I think this particular toilet is hard water stained. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't really touch the stains like the hard water. I've I've researched it online that mm-hmm. you can do like borax or vinegar, you know, like different things, and you let it sit. I haven't done it yet, but okay. I researched, <laughs> of course. Okay. Well, again, um, toilets make a little more sense to have to clean, and yet because they flush shouldn't they not have to, you know, I mean, like, I, so I think it can have some of that same kind of, you know, hangups that we have on those kinds of things. How paranoid are you about what you're using? Cause I know you, you just mentioned something that you didn't have to touch and you mentioned borax and, and things like that. Are you paranoid about what you're using? Like what kind of products? Um, less so for the toilet because of the, I mean, I guess I, part of me doesn't want to scratch the porcelain, like to make it harder to, mm-hmm. I don't know if like a, if a cutting board is scratched, then food gets stuck in it, you know, yeah. the scratches. So is that going to happen to my toilet? If I use something that's too rough, just scrubbing it. Hmm. I don't know if I can even get myself to just scrub it. I think I could, as long as I took a shower right after, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> and wear gloves. Gloves, you have to store the gloves. I can't do no, the gloves. no, no, no. Get you some um medical gloves oh, so that so yeah, so you could just throw okay. them away. Yeah, yeah. like do whatever you That's have good. to do. Yeah, right. Here, here's yeah. the thing on the toilet you can either use mild products constantly, mm. consistently, I guess is a better word, or <laughs> might feel constant, <laughs> or you can use harsher products 
less often. And right. the harsher product, because there is some stuff, I think it's called Snowball. I haven't had, had to use it a long time, but it's like, it will eat through your carpet if you spill it. And I know this for a fact because <laughs> it ate through my carpet when I spilled it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I, I hated using that stuff. I mean, you know, I don't think they're ever going to advertise on the podcast, but we'll see anyway. But the truth is that, cause I, where my first house that I had was in a place with ridiculously hard water. I mean, like, Oh, really? Yes. Everything was affected by that. Um, And vinegar is definitely a way to deal with hard water, but there comes a point where you pass the point where vinegar is going to help at all anymore, Mm. you know? But I think the snowball was like at the Dollar Tree and it was literally $1. I think it was at Walmart for like a dollar nine or something like that. And I mean, it would get, and I hated using it, but I would basically just use it when I had to you know, when I had let it go too long, because that was, I mean, that's just reality. And then you have to remind yourself and tell yourself, okay, I'm either going to do this after it gets gross again, or I'm going to start being consistent with the vinegar, you know, because if if the vinegar issue is an issue for you, like you'd much rather use the vinegar, then you need to do that now, or using that Clorox thing where it actually gets to be thrown away you know, that, that could be an option if that's what works for you, because what, right. you know, if you've got some germophobia issues, which I completely understand, then you just have to figure out what am I actually willing to do here? Doing things the ideal best way generally means doing them consistently. Just like, uh-huh. just like uh-huh. the dishes. It's like, okay, so the toilet now has waited to be a project. So now it has to be tackled in a different way than if it was done consistently. Yeah. 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 Because even doing it consistently, you could squirt, you know, now I would label the bottle bathroom only, but you could squirt some dish soap in there, like a tiny bit of dish soap and just scrub it that way and do something really mild if you're doing it consistently, but that's not going to really make any kind of an impact on a hard water stain that's been there a while. Yeah. Did you find, can you tell me just in general about hard water? If you're consistent with hard water, does it fix it or do you like... I mean, this is kind of tangential, but do you have, to, do you need the soft water stuff? I don't know. Ugh, we lived there before. Explode. I know we lived there before I became a cleaning expert on the internet. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, it was back when I was doing everything wrong, basically. So I, oh. I just know that, um, I know my grandparents, my grandparents were super duper clean, cleaned all the time. They did have a water softener where they lived, um, because it made cleaning easier for them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it it might be something to consider investing in again. It it just gets down to that consistency thing. Cause hard water can be like, it can cause actual like scales. Yeah. Like scales of things. I remember there was this one time we had a leak in our shower and I put, um, and it was dripping and driving me crazy. Rather than getting it fixed right away, I put a navy blue hand towel underneath it and it bleached that hand towel. Like you could see, and I'm like, how does, what, what just happened? Just from the the normal water dripping onto that. So that's my hard water story, but yeah. So I, but, but again, I think, and I think with hard water, the consistency is way more important than Mm. with soft water. Yeah. No. And yes. I, so I know 
I lived for a couple of years in, like, I think I probably have normal water where I am in Texas now. Um, but I actually lived like when I was in college, um, there was actual soft water. Like when you took a shower, it felt slimy and weird. Yes. Ever, I don't like yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and somebody explained to me that it was actually like the soft water is actually getting the soap off more easily, like and more thoroughly. And that's huh. why it's slimy because it's taking longer to actually get it off where the hard water made you feel like it was off, but it wasn't necessarily off. Now, I don't actually know what I'm talking about because it was <laughs> random. It was some <laughs> random college person telling me this and yeah. I was in college. And so I just believed them, but that right. I always think about that in my head. And when I think about that, I think, okay, so that would only make your shower harder to clean because it's not just as naturally and easily washing away all of the soap scum, if it's true. Yeah. Okay. I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but, but I, that to me in my brain, that kind of helps compute why hard water makes it harder to clean. But anyway, yeah. Let's talk about another one of our sponsors, ButcherBox. It's springtime and that means spring cleaning. This is when I personally like to wash my curtains that I never even think about washing any other time of the year and run my decorative glassware through the dishwasher to get it all sparkly you know, once a year. Anyway, <laughs> you might not love cleaning, but it does feel good to take care of those things. And taking care of what goes on your plate is just as important. ButcherBox helps you make mealtime moments feel special year round. Each month, they send a box of the highest quality meat for a better price than the grocery store, giving you more time to spend cooking and sharing delicious, high quality meals with family and friends. So the thing that I love most about ButcherBox is that it just shows up at my front door. When I open the box, it's all already packaged in meal-sized portions, already frozen and ready to go straight into my freezer. Before ButcherBox, I would get frustrated at the lack of selection of meat in my grocery store, but through ButcherBox, I am able to get high quality beef and chicken and bacon and more. ButcherBox is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. With ButcherBox, you get the highest quality meat around for just $6 a meal. And they even have free shipping nationwide, except Alaska and Hawaii. Sorry. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of their subscription. Just go to butcherbox.com slash slob. That's butcherbox.com slash slob. Okay, let's talk about one of our sponsors for this episode, Prep Dish. Instead of scrambling and spending time every single night prepping meals, with Prep Dish's new super fast meal plans, you can do all your prep at once in under one hour. With Prep Dish, you get delicious, healthy meals on the table, even when you have limited time. If you've been a longtime listener, you know I'm a fan of Prep Dish. So I'm excited to share that they have brand new meal plans that are specifically designed to save you time, like a lot of time. No more scrambling at each meal. Instead, go into mealtime with a plan. It's easy and fast meal prep that makes dinner time a breeze throughout the week. And now, Prep Dish subscribers get four menus every week gluten free, paleo, low carb keto, and the new 
super fast menus. Prep Dish's new super fast menus are a game changer for those of us without a lot of time who are trying to make healthy meals. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. You can't beat that. Check out PrepDish.com slash A Slob Comes Clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash A Slob Comes Clean for your first two weeks free. That's a no-brainer. What's the second thing you'd like to talk about? So my second thing is related. Um, The toilets, how, with your germophobia, how did you get over it enough to hire, like, what do you tell yourself to make you feel okay that your cleaning person is cleaning your toilets and cleaning other people's toilets? Um, I have my own tools at my house. So I I have my own toilet brush. Now I don't, I don't have everything, everything, but I have my basic stuff. Okay. That I want her to use. And honestly, she was recommended. You know, I think it would be different if I called a random number that I saw somewhere, but I mean, this is somebody who friends of mine that I know had used her for several years and recommended her. And so that just made me feel better. It also yeah. was me going, okay, I, I think it was coming to a point of getting over my own paralysis issues of, you know, I mean, cause I, I hired somebody in case anybody has not heard those podcasts yet. <laughs> um, it was seven years after I had started what I call my deslobification process. So it was after having gotten my daily habits under control and my cleaning tasks and all that kind of stuff under control that I, I hired somebody seven years later. So those seven years were made up of me kind of getting through a lot of the stuff that we talked about today, which is that paralysis wasn't getting me anywhere. Yeah, It's better if I do this imperfectly it's better if I, you know, I, I do go ahead and clean something imperfectly and we don't die, you know, and every time I would do that, it made it a little more, my mind shifted more toward, okay, I'd rather just have it done, you know, and it just kind of moved me toward that. And it, and it was like, my house is cleaner when I'm worried less about cleaning perfectly. And instead, I'm just going ahead and cleaning. And uh-huh. it was way cleaner when I let her do it. <laughs> <You know>? so, <laughs> does, that, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, I think I just need to like, did you give her like a specific order? Like, please do the toilets last? No. Now, I will say, I mean, I'm generally here when uh-huh. she cleans. And so I see, you know, she spends her entire time in my kitchen I mean, her, her whole first hour is in the kitchen. I mean, she, she does the kitchen first and then she does the, um, you know, she has a whole system and goes through different rooms and her bath, the bathrooms are usually her last things that she does. I, I do know when I lived overseas, that was an issue that we had and we would put specific tools cause we weren't there. We'd put specific tools in specific places just so that there was no need for her to take tools from place to place. But I think if you're there, I, yeah, I mean, and, and maybe if you feel like you wanted to interview somebody, um, I, people know. I, I mean, you know, if you're if you're living in a place where, you know, and you can ask people for recommendations, I mean, that would not be something I'd be worried about. Okay. But yeah, not to say that you shouldn't worry about it. I'm just saying, like, you know, 
in my own experience. And even there was another time where a podcast sponsor, I think, paid for me to have my house cleaned. And um, she did it in a different order, but I think she still did bathrooms last. You know, like bathrooms were last. Well, and that's kind of a, could be kind of like a automatic standard yeah. Common there's also thing. a, um, there's a show that I've been interviewed on a couple of times called ask a house cleaner. And I know she talks to house cleaning people and stuff. So you might just listen to that sometimes. I'm sure she has some great advice on cleaning specific things and mm. that kind of stuff. So I don't know. You might just look it up, but yeah, I think, okay. it'd be, I, I think it would, if you were going to interview somebody or if you're talking to a friend and saying, what order do they go in? I just want to be sure this this is something I'm paranoid about. You know, most people are going to understand that and go, oh yeah, she does this first or this first, or oh, I've never thought about that. And she actually does, you know, whatever. Okay. What else did you want to talk about? My third one was cleaning toys. Mm-hmm. I have like a when I go to set up a play date, I feel like oh, but my house, my toys, I don't clean them enough. Like, I don't feel like, I just have this vague sense that like normal people clean their toys regularly. And like, I don't, and I don't even know. And are they cleaning them? Are they disinfecting them? Are they just like seeing if they're visually? Anyway, so I get, I get stuff. Once I can have play dates again after COVID stuff. Right. I know this whole issue will come back for me. So do you have any sense of like what normal people do? Like, I assume it's not what's in my head. Like, I assume I'm assuming they're more thorough than they actually are. Yeah, I think there are some people who are very thorough. I know I had a friend who um, was a little ahead of me in having kids. Like her youngest is a year older than my oldest. And so I always look to her as, okay, what do I do as a mom? You know, let me learn from you. And she was really big on cleaning her toys. And she did something like put them in a pillowcase and wash like certain kind. And I don't want to say this because somebody's going to run a toy or run their washing machine, but it's like certain kinds of toys she somehow put in the washing machine. And mm-hmm. I tried what I thought she had said one time. And it was a huge disaster because <laughs> all of mine like filled with water and it became, I mean, it was ridiculous. And I was like, okay, I'm never doing that again. That, that did not make any sense. No. Yeah. And then I went, I think you're going to, I think there's all sorts of levels of that kind of thing. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And I think there are some people who are going to thoroughly disinfect their toys as if it is a daycare center, you know, every night at the end of the night. Okay. And I think there are plenty of other people who have never thought about disinfecting their kids' toys. You know, I mean, like, The way I look at it, and this is one of those things where my kids are older and they all survived. And so that's the only validation I can give to this. Okay. Yeah. I can't guarantee anything for anybody. All right. Mm -hmm. I basically would do it when I thought about it. Okay. I would usually disinfect after, you know, if we'd had something going through the house. Okay. After Mm -hmm. we've been sick. Other Mm -hmm. than that, I would, you know, clean them when I thought about it generally using some sort of, when my kids were little, some sort of, you know, super mild cleaning solution. Like I know I had some sort of spray and then, um, and it was specifically out of the baby care aisle or something like that. And I would spray things and I'd wipe it down with paper towel or wipe it down with a microfiber cloth or whatever. But here's the thing. If someone is super paranoid about that, they're either not going to come to your house and I'm not saying your house, they're not going to go to other people's houses. they're going to 
ask before they go. I, I mean, if someone is so paranoid. Super, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Otherwise, I mean, you know, go through the toys. Think about what the kids are going to play with. Go through them. Make sure that they aren't dirty. You know, I mean, don't invite somebody over when your kids have been sick, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that you, you already know, but I think giving yourself permission to go, all the moms are doing the best that they can. And the fact that you're concerned about it and the means that you're probably going to do something before they come over, which means you're probably going to be doing more than half that Mm. in the world would do. Yeah. And, and I think it has like, in time since we last got sick, like if we just got sick versus like a week ago, we got sick. That can make a difference. Yeah. I just, I like the idea of like when we're having a play, maybe I could just pick the specific, like a couple types of toys. I'm like, okay, we're going to have these. And then if I want to clean those, but not feel like I have to clean every single toy, like, cause I just can't systematically, I can barely wash my dishes every day, let alone, add a weekly cleaning of toys thing to my to-do list. Okay. And and your goal needs to be, what do I have to do to feel like I can invite someone over once COVID is over? Mm -hmm. We know that we're talking about after that, but, Mm -hmm. but like, what is it I need to do? And it's awesome that you're thinking of other people and that you're making sure you want them to be safe. But you also need to know that a lot of people are less paranoid about this kind of stuff than we are. And -hmm. the fact that you maybe struggle in other areas can make you extra paranoid. I know I had a friend one time who was like, I hate to have people over because I'm afraid I'll have missed something that I was Mm -hmm. supposed to clean. And I I get it. Like I've had that thought too, but then I just go, you know what? I'd rather just have them over, you know, because most likely people need to be invited over you know, especially after these years of isolation that we're going through, you know, but yeah, I think, I think giving yourself permission to just say, I'm going to do the best I can. If the way that I can feel comfortable having someone over is to disinfect the toys, then I'm going to choose these toys and I'm going to put everything else away. So I don't have to worry about those. And then I can know for sure that if somebody asked, did you disinfect these toys? I can say, yeah, I did. Okay. And then you can get to know the moms a little bit better while they're there. And then you're going to have a whole lot better feel for what the expectation level. Yeah. And maybe it'll just vary by person. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I know somebody's extra careful or I could ask them once I got close to them, like, but yeah. Well, I mean, and those, those kinds of conversations are going to come up. I mean, that's just one of those things moms talk about, you know, so, but, but I think that what, what do I have to do to feel comfortable reaching out to someone who probably needs that. And are you new in this town where you've been for a year? Yeah. Oh, that's so hard. So did you move right when COVID started? No, I, we moved in August. Okay. So we, we had a little bit of time before, but still it's really it's been very hard. Yeah. I had dreams of park dates and, you know, going to the pool with ages, like all these things that just haven't have it happen, you know, I have to do it another time. So yeah, it's no, I think, I think that just put those boundaries on things, you know, say this is the the room we're going to play in and put everything else in a different room if you need to just to make you feel confident. Okay. Well, um, what do you love about being a kindred spirit? I love getting the opportunity to, cause I think of like random stuff, like 
jokes or memes or things that are specific to like this mindset. And so it's really fun to be able to swap those with other people um, and to get feedback from other people. And I don't know, it's just, I feel like the project brain, the perfectionism, like that can bleed over into other parts of your life. And so sometimes we'll like bounce ideas about other things, but it's like other people's solutions will be more likely to be doable for me because they think about things the same way. So yeah, I just really like that resource. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Well, thanks so much for coming on and for being willing to share. And I think that the things you talk about, I'm like, oh my goodness, I have so totally been there. So I know that that there are going to be people listening who are going to exactly and completely relate to where you are. And I'm, I really am sorry that you have to clean your shower. (laughs) Thank you. I feel really bad about it too. (laughs) It is not fair. (laughs) But oh well. Um, If you can get to, if you can find something, find a way, again, I'm not advising on cleaning travertine, but if you can find a way that it's something you feel comfortable doing while you're in the shower, that's always a little helpful too. Yes. But, so it depends on whatever it is that you have to use to clean it. So anyway, mm. do you find that the squeegeeing helps a lot? Um, I think so. <sighs> the travertine is like a porous stone. So I don't even have a good feel like for the baseline, like what it even is supposed to look like. <laughs> so if well, I look at it, like, is this clean? I don't know. I can't even really tell like what I would maybe one thing too on that is maybe to go to Lowe's or Home Depot Mm. or someplace like that and specifically talk to the salesman who sells the travertine, you know, like, yeah, just, just to make yourself feel better. And besides they usually have those carts with the cars on the front and that's fun for kids. Right. Yeah. So, so you can make a day of it. Um, but yeah, yeah, like go and just ask them because a lot of times, you know, they, they might have specific cleaning products right next right to there. yeah that stuff and just ask them and that way you can also yeah. see okay this is if you're looking for a visual baseline go look at what yeah. brand new travertine looks like yes yeah I think that's good and and what they recommend yeah, yeah it's it's so frustrating because I'm like the type of person who buys like cheap pens because I don't want to screw you know I don't want to lose them or mess them up like yeah. I just like I would so much rather have just a normal shower that's like the top priority is just functionality you know Mm -hmm. and like easy to maintain but it's not yeah but it's pretty but it's not worth it (laughs) (laughs) well and I I, but I think having the correct tools where you go okay this is the stuff they said this is stuff they said you know this specifically is made for travertine so I am going to use it and I'm going to follow all the directions and whatever happens, happens at that point. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like that. That's good. I was going to see somebody of the kindred spirits asked about being switching subjects with having somebody who you live with, who is super neat and tidy. And they were saying, do they have like shame all the time? Like what's their motivation? So I thought I could share some things about my husband that I've learned some things that have worked for us the biggest thing has been just like divide and conquer. 
Like Mm -hmm. we had, we used to share a laptop and we had how I kept my desktop on the laptop drove him nuts. Cause I like, it'd be so cluttered with like different files. So finally he figured out a way to make it switch from my desktop to like, we had two different desktops and he could like switch it over, like log in as himself. And so that concept we've like used over and over where it's like, I've just really gotten into my head that there's his space and my space and I don't let my clutter bleed into his area. And the, I mean, Do you I talk I, about that. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're pretty open about, and, and he, he's really supportive. I recognize that some, some people who are really neat and clean are not like empathetic or whatever. He like, he's super kind about it. I just know for him, it's like, it is overwhelming. Just seeing the clutter is overwhelming to him. And that's his motivation to keep it clean is he doesn't want to feel overwhelmed. Okay. Like, so it's like reverse of us. Like we get overwhelmed after we have the slob vision. Mm-hmm. Like he is the reverse where it's like he, he cleans because he knows he'll be paralyzed once it gets to a certain place. Okay. And so he like is preventative with that anyway. So and it's like stressful to him. So it's funny, like sometimes I'll, I'll do a five minute pickup or I'll clean really well. And it's like super unusual that it's so nice, like in our whole house. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say in our family room and kitchen. And he will say like, it's just ridiculous how calm I feel, how much more calm I feel. And then he's like, I know it's like not logical, but I just feel so much more peaceful right now when I look around. And so that's helped me to feel empathy and like want to, it's like out of a place of love, like his office, I'm not going to do anything with it. We actually, our house, we bought, it's three levels. It's like smaller, but it's divided into a basement and then a middle and a top floor. So the basement is basically in my head, it's his peaceful place. Like he works down there. It's where we watch TV, but I don't go down there with the kids very often. Like it's like, to me, it's like somebody else's house. So almost like using that same skill set that I used when I lived with strangers, like where it wasn't, it's just helped me be socially. It's like tapped into my social motivation of like, this is his area. So that's really helped me. And then I don't feel like I have to be perfect. Like if I felt like I had to be perfect in every room in the house, it's like, that would be uncomfortable for me. Like the level of clean he likes and the level of emptiness. Like at first I was like, that's so sterile. Like it wouldn't even feel like home to me. Yeah. And so we've had to find a balance of like what still feels homey to Cause I grew up in a slob house. Like I grew up with it very cluttered. So yeah, that's just been really helpful to get to. And, and like with pens, we, he, he has his pens. I have my pens. There's just a lot of respect for like, that we're each the way we are. And I don't want to have to unnecessarily worry. Like I know, like it will stress me out to have this nice thing. So I'm not even going to get that nice thing, but you can get that nice thing, but it'll be you. You're responsible for it. You have to take care of it. You have to. And so. Well, and just viewing it that way, viewing this as, which in a lot of ways is also like the whole, um, defining the room, you know, you're defining this room downstairs and you said you watch TV down there. And so that's a family area, but it's right. the, def- the definition of this room is that this is just for that and just for him and his space so that I don't, it, it doesn't feel like an option for you to 
put stuff there and store stuff there. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't yeah, fit the it's, purpose. Yeah. It's, it's his, his peaceful place. That's cool. Um, I feel really grateful that we've, it's taken a lot of years to figure out how to coexist. And when we first got married, I thought, I mean, that was a huge part of why I was attracted to him. I'm like, he, I'm going to learn so much. I just thought it was my environment that I grew up in. I was like, I'm going to change. And I would ask him like, how do you do this? You know, how do you be clean? How do you organize? And he, none of his solutions worked for me. And I, I've heard you talk about where you would talk to normal people and you'd be like, just tell me, you know, you're saying you're hiding something from me. Like, I felt like that for years where I was like, you just got to like, I know it's in you. You just got to share it with me. You're being selfish. And he wasn't like his strategies don't work for me. And so, um, but he knows that too. And so he, he knows you, Dana, we, we both love you because <laughs> it's helped his life. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, so anyways, it's just, I just feel so grateful, um, to have found this podcast and to found these resources. Um, and to be able to be, be, be at peace and, and to know, like, also to know that just because you are good at cleaning and organizing doesn't mean your life is perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, my in-laws, they're just, his whole family is that way. And it's been really eye-opening to go to be a part of their lives and to see, oh, they have a lot of struggles. They're just different than my struggles Mm -hmm. and the struggles of my family. And, um, that's helped me be at peace about the process of, and, and not to look at my life like, Oh, once I get control over this and overcome this weakness, then my life will be happy. Cause it's, it's just not true. It's not the source of all happiness or of all pain. It's just part of it. It's your unique struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, okay. Thanks for letting me share. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Okay. I hope that that was um, helpful for you guys, helped you kind of think of some problem spots that maybe you've been avoiding or feeling paralyzed over in your own home. And hopefully you're ready to go tackle those spots now. Um, I just wanted to remind you that if you'd like to be a patron of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Okay. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.